Hello, and thanks for listening to the verse of the day. It's Friday. I hope you've had a great week, a blessed week, a week where your faith has grown, where your walk with the Lord has become more vibrant and passionate. That's what I'm believing for you each and every single day and every single week. Today is not just any Friday. Today is the day we call Good Friday, the day which Jesus died for our sins in our place. So this whole week, we've been looking at verses that reflect the cross, and today we're going to continue that theme, but we're not going to be in the New Testament. Today, we're going to be looking at a verse, a passage of scripture from the Old Testament, from the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah lived about 700 years before Jesus was born, but he actually gives us the most accurate description of what Jesus experienced on the cross in one of the most um, important and beautiful and sad and gut-wrenching, and heart-piercing, and hopeful passages in all of Scripture. And that's the end of Isaiah 52 and Isaiah chapter 53. And on a side note, one of my favorite things about the whole Bible is just the way that it all blends together as one seamless, continuous story from beginning to end. It's all about Jesus at all points to his work for us on the cross and his resurrection that gives us new life. So we're going to read through this passage, and I'll give a couple little comments here and there, but primarily I just want God's word to speak to you today. So Isaiah chapter 52, and we're going to start in verse 13. See, my servant will act wisely. That's God speaking through the prophet Isaiah about Jesus. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Here, this is beginning to talk about the type of death that Jesus is going to experience as he is lifted up and raised upon the cross. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. Jesus, as he uh, took the punishment for our sin, as he was beaten and mocked by the Roman soldiers, he was beaten beyond even human recognition, that when you would have looked upon him and gazed upon him, you wouldn't even recognize him as being human because of the uh, barbarism, because of the inhumane treatment that was bestowed upon him. So he will sprinkle many nations. Here this is a picture of the atonement, of him shedding his blood for the redemption of people from every nation. And kings will shut their mouths because of him. This is speaking of how Jesus on that last day will silence all other voices. In the book of Philippians, it says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every other thought, every other idea about Jesus will be silenced on that day, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. 
For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Jesus was an ordinary-looking guy. He wasn't uh, a supermodel. He wasn't uh, a guy that stood out by his appearance. He was an average-looking man. It's not Jesus' appearance that draws us to him. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us to him. Verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of sorrows and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet whom of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Here's the picture of Jesus being crucified between two sinners, being buried by rich men. Joseph of Arimathea came and took Jesus, also Nicodemus, very wealthy men. And so here we see he's punished with the wicked and the rich at his death. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. And cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Here we see the resurrection foretold and promised, as it says that after he has suffered, he will see the light of light and be satisfied that he will see his offspring and his days will be prolonged. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he 
will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I love that passage. Uh, It's very moving. It's one of the most accurate descriptions of what Jesus experienced for us. Because of his love for us, because of his great compassion towards us, Christ died for our sins. So take a moment today and thank God that he chose to punish Jesus in your place so that your sins could be forgiven. Thanks for listening today. I love you. I'm praying for you. And I know that if you're walking with Jesus, your best days are ahead.